Swing and a line drive, left field, Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Tonight, covering a little bit of Boston Red Sox baseball, but mostly the Houston Astros Alex Cora scandal, as we're calling it, with a with just a sprinkle of Red Sox video room uh, cheating. Tonight, I have a guest. He is the host of the Astros Baseball Podcast, which I listen to fairly often. If you're going to listen to an Astros podcast, that is the one to listen to uh, with their host, Rob Fontenot. Did I say that right? said it perfectly. Okay. I usually try to go over that in the the little... uh, you know, meeting before the show, but I neglected that. So thanks for joining me. I, I've been on your show once, had a great time, and uh, <laughs> I wish the circumstances could be better. I wish we were previewing a playoff uh, matchup right now. I wish it was October, and, and that's what we were discussing, but um, we're going to get into some pretty controversial stuff, so um, I guess we'll dive into it. First thing I want to know is, how did your day start? Like, you rolled well, out of bed? Actually, uh, well, I had to work in the morning. So waking up 4.30 in the morning, go to work. And uh, what, what's crazy, what happened today is at lunchtime, 10.30, I get a call from the guy from the Astros ticket office for season tickets because I finally decided to take that plunge. And so I bought some season tickets today. I bought the uh, weekend pass where you just go on the weekends, 28 games. And then uh, the day I, I finally make the splurge to get season tickets, I start getting alert after alert after alert on my watch that the Astros, of the punishment came down today. That's, that's how I found out at work on my watch. Ugh. That's a terrible place to find out because you probably have to keep your mind on your job and and you know when your mind is clearly elsewhere <laughs> and uh, I you know yeah. I caught it pretty quick myself I, I happened to be home I, I had to do a quick afternoon shift but uh, I was able to kind of absorb about an hour of it but yeah and this morning I had a tweet. I said, the exact tweet said, fuck it, it's a slow day. Did Epstein really kill himself? And last I checked, 84% (laughs) said, no, he did not. So I was just kind of screwing around. It's hard, you know, winters are brutal. And, uh, you know, especially if you don't make the playoffs because, you know, we get a month less. And, um, yeah, I kind of made a snide remark about Pedroia because I'm a Pedroia hater. 
And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, a few hours later, stuff started coming down. So, uh, implications for both of us. So, what were your expectations? It came out maybe a week and a half ago that this week would be the week it, it finally gets handed down after just weeks of agony. What were your expectations? Like, what did you really think would be the outcome? I, I predicted almost exactly what happened. I figured we'd get a, the coach, the manager would get suspended, may, maybe the general manager. We'd lose some draft picks, get a fine. That's about all I expected. So from my perspective, it kind of just it wasn't that bad because I was already expecting it to happen. So you figured about a year for each would be would be the punishment, yeah. Yeah, mate. Well, one thing I had heard was like about 50 games for A.J. Hinch maybe. So I was figuring 50 games, maybe a year. Yeah. We were talking about that on the last episode, and we were figuring it would, you know, for everybody to – you know, keep the respect of the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, it would have to be a minimum of 50. And we were talking about that for Alex Cora as well. And, but I really, I, you know, they kept saying it was going to be severe. It was going to be severe. And, and it, it turned out that, that it absolutely was. And there were no loss of draft picks. So I think you guys kind of lucked out there. Uh, I don't think we're going to be lucky in that aspect because the Apple Watch thing, I think, kind of will come back to haunt us in that regard. Even though it was a different manager, um, I, I think they're still going to punish the organization in general. But um, the other interesting tidbit is you guys had a $5 million fine levied against you, but where you're not going to have to pay for at least a year of of Luno and a year of Hinch, it's basically going to offset because they can't get paid while under suspension. If they had a year or two left beyond that, I think they still get paid because their contracts, I believe are also guaranteed, even though they don't count against the, um, you know, the luxury tax or whatever. But so the, the $5 million fine, not really a big deal. And I don't think it would be anyway to a big market team. You know, the revenue no. flows are just insane. So I, I think you guys kind of lucked out there. But 42 minutes after, exactly 42 minutes after the announcement of the suspensions, Jim Crane announces that A.J. Hinch and... Jeffrey Luno are essentially fired and are being, you know, dismissed from the organization. How surprised were you at that? Um, well, it started out that they were suspended and I figured that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good call on their behalf. And, uh, but going into it, I, I thought if AJ Hinch had anything to do with this, if he had any knowledge that he deserved to be fired, I think I told you that when you were on my podcast. And so I have to say I was surprised that they both got let go. And it was a little weird because Crane had some other comments and he kind of dismissed the idea that it necessarily affected the results of that season. And then they asked him about the culture 
you know, of the front office, which I think speaks more to the, you know, the Taubman, uh, you know, controversy. And he didn't think there was any issues there. So where he doesn't think either of those aspects were an issue, it's just kind of weird that he fires them. You know, he felt like that had to happen, yeah. but he didn't think that those were issues. You know, so do you find that strange at all? Yeah, the uh, for me, the Astros have started to get what I call a black eye. It started with the uh, with the trade for Osuna with uh, Toronto, and then you have the uh, Taubman incident, and now all of a sudden, you know, he has a conscience and he wants to clean things up. But it seems like they should have cleaned things up a little earlier than this. Yeah, it just, you know, and the last thing I ever thought we would be talking about is Osuna again, you know, after the playoffs and whatnot. But um, but that yeah, was... Yeah, he was trending today. Yeah. He was trending on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, personally, I, I bash him a lot, but at the end of the day, he's paid his debt. You know, he served out his punishment, and, you know, I, I think he should be able to resume his career. You know, if he does it again, you know, I, I think he should be probably banned for life. You know, as should Chapman, Domingo Herman, Stephen Wright. I think his career with the Red Sox is over, but, you know, I would take the same stance literally with anyone. You know, I, that's the one thing I don't really, you know, have a lot of patience for. But, um, but, you know, getting back to Hinch and Luno, which one is more painful? Like, which one, like, looking forward into the future concerns you the most, you know, not having one or the other? Who, who do you think the organization is going to miss the most in terms of future success, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. I guess, uh, well, the, the guys seem pretty close to Hinch so that's going to hurt that the relationship he has with the players but uh, I think Luno has done such a great job of making deals and bringing in talent and uh, doing a great job in the draft I think he's going to be missed probably a little bit more I think Hinch can be replaced I agree a hundred percent you know going back you know throughout the the 2019 season, I knew the Red Sox weren't going to be in it, you know, and there was talk of maybe a long shot sneaking into that second wild card, but I was realistic throughout the season. I knew we weren't going to be playing baseball in October. And you guys were on your third straight season where you're definitely going to have a deep run and possibly win a title again. And, I've always admired the organization, especially the part of, of Lunau, because I've never seen a general manager get just such great value out of all of the signings, trades, acquisitions, transactions, what have you. I mean, you look at your roster right now, there's not one bad contract on the books. I mean, Verlander is going to be, I think, 37 at some point, but he's on a short-term deal. I think he's got he's yeah. got this year and next year. Altuve is the only guy you currently have locked up. I think this is going to be the first year of that five-year extension he signed a couple of years ago, which was set to begin following his two years, final two years of arbitration. 
Michael Brantley, I thought, was a brilliant short-term signing. You know, that same offseason, all these teams were, you know, focusing on Machado and Harper. And, you know, yeah. and they didn't sign till February. And I'm thinking, Jesus, man, this is so agonizing. And the Astros didn't even get involved. They played it cool. They signed Brantley on an affordable two-year deal. He was the starter in the All-Star game in left field or yeah. whichever. Just an absolute brilliant signing. And, and you know, what you guys did with Wade Miley for, you know, through August. I know he tailed off in September, yeah. but great, great production yeah. there. I, you know, and he essentially was the replacement for Keiko. And I just, and, and then to have the balls to not bring Keiko back, you know, and to just not waste that money. I just, I just can't give enough praise for Lou now, you know, in terms of how he builds that roster. And, you know, when I look at the moves Dombrowski has made, you know, over the past few years, I eviscerated that sale signing where it was a year early. You know, injury prone, like you wouldn't believe. And they had a full year to evaluate him before unloading a, a huge contract on him. And they didn't do it. They just gave it to him. The Evaldi signing was terrible. I just, Dombrowski is just, I can't believe we won a World Series. And he's just, <laughs> just a terrible GM with like a 1990s mindset. How how he got away with that in 2018 is beyond me, but I, I and I just so that that just made me praise Luno even more. And if I'm an Astros fan, and I rooted for you guys, like you were my World Series team. I'm a big Verlander guy, so easy call there. And I've always been sympathetic to Grinky, you know, for you know, given mm-hmm. his struggles in the past. So I just. You know, it's just he's going to be a hard guy to replace. And I liked Hinch. I thought he had a very positive influence on the team. I loved his playoff speeches in the locker room. I mean, they weren't like Mike Schilt where every other word was the F-bomb and this and that. You know, he just had a very classy way of handling the team. And, um, you know, so he's going to be missed as well. But if I'm an Astros fan, I'm a little concerned not having Luno making the decisions from here out. So, I mean, how do you go forward? Is there going to be like an internal candidate? Will you, I mean, it's a weird time of the year to seek elsewhere, you know? So, yeah. so what what are your thoughts as to like a direction they may take? Well, Crane said in his press conference that uh, Jim Crane, the owner, I don't know if you know that, but he said in his press conference that they may go the internal route. You know, they have a bench coach. They have people on, already on the in the dugout, on the team, whatever. And uh, it kind of sounded like he already had someone in mind if you listen to his press conference. So, you know, I think maybe he might have someone off to the side ready to go. I think that would probably be the best bet. Someone who knows the system, maybe someone who – can operate similarly to how Luno did. I mean, that would be ideal, I would think. But I just, what a day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, most of the people that work with Luno, they're all somewhere else now. We have one guy that went to Baltimore, 
and uh, I can't remember where the other guy went, but there was two guys that worked under him, and they're they're all gone too, trying to build up other teams following the same uh, build uh, breakdown and build back up process that Luno brought over here. Yeah, and when we were when we were looking for our own replacement for Dombrowski, I, I kept saying, you know, I hope they look at Tampa, I hope they look at Houston, and I hope they look at LA. And, you know, because those are the three, and Atlanta, too, for that matter. I mean, those front offices just don't make a lot of mistakes, you know, when it comes to building teams. Yeah. I was looking at the, uh, you know, they had a bunch of decades lists. The top three winning percentage, or the most wins in the American League in the last decade, Tampa Bay's number three. I know, I saw that. That's absolutely insane. They just... They have a lot of seasons, you know, 85 to 90 wins and sometimes more, and that just adds yeah. up over a decade, you know. And we had uh, at least three last place finishes in the decade, so that probably brought our total down a little bit. The 108-win season, you know, probably offset some of it. Y'all but, were actually second. It was the Yankees, Boston, and Tampa Bay. Wow. The East, the top three guys in the American League were all from the East. Wow, geez, that's hard to do. You didn't even know how good you were, did you? <laughs> well, yeah, a couple titles. You know, it was a roller coaster decade, but everything is up here, you know, in in various sports. But another thing today, uh, did you read Jeffrey Luno's uh, statement, the written statement? I saw a little bit of it, yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember much, but it kind of – what I took from it is that uh, he said he didn't have any knowledge of what was going on, and he was kind of blaming the players. Yeah. He, you know, but, but – the, the first paragraph was very smooth, very clean, you know, probably, you know, a little politically correct. The second paragraph yeah. – Everybody goes under the bus, <laughs> and yeah, I take I take ownership of it, but I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he might have some issues with accountability. I think, and we have an owner that that's the same way. I mean, at the beginning of the off season, John Henry said, you know, that they want to sell, they want to get below the luxury tax, reset the penalties, and. Now that they've epically failed earlier in the week, he says, no, no, we wanted to be competitive the whole time. <laughs> and so he mm. just does a 180 and, you know, they need to take the microphone away from him sometimes. And he said that Pablo Sandoval was 17% body fat when the dude was like an elephant, like right in front of us. We're like, dude, he's standing right yeah. there. Don't say that. So, I mean, we have a, you know, we have an ownership group and, you know, they, you know, they called Francona basically a drug addict on the way out the door after they fired him. And they never really admitted fault, you know, for severely botching the Lester negotiations. And, and that led to him not coming back when they lowballed him. So we, we've definitely got some accountability issues. But I just thought those were interesting statements from Luno. And he even mentioned, like, he used the term lower level employees, you know, like he was above them. And uh, yeah. and then he said, you know, it, most of the cheating was done by the lower level employees and the bench coach. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> why didn't you just mention him by name? We know who you're talking about. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. So where I thought, you know, getting to Alex core now, I just when I saw the 
I didn't think Hinch and, and Luna were going to get fired today. Forty-two minutes after the, you know, the announcement, maybe a day or two later, and and I wasn't even sure that they would get fired, but it came out quick, and I just I didn't know if the Red Sox would have that knee-jerk reaction. I mean, there's really no reason to wait at this point. They know it's going to be severe. Alex Cora was listed in, uh, you know, in the report 11 times. And it said, unequivocally, he coordinated that extra monitor that was receiving the camera feed from center field he was the one who coordinated the installation of that with one of your, you know, stadium technicians or whatever. And there, there was some other things too, you know, it was a lot to absorb, but he's, his punishments are going to be severe according to Jeff Passan. And, you know, he's a very credible guy with a lot of connections so I'm wondering if it's going to be more than a year. But one way or the other, I think the Red Sox will fire him. Absolutely. I think we're going to be we're going to be looking for a manager. You guys are in better shape than we are. You got a better farm system. I think you're set up better for the year. I mean, you got Verlander and Grinky, you know, who are probably yeah. going to be healthy. They'll probably pitch 200 or, or more innings and and you know, and I don't know is Forrest Whitley is he going to is he going to he had a terrible year last he, year. I, he, he should have been here last year. Yeah, he, but he he ended up he ended up the year in a double A. Yeah, he regressed, and I, I figured he would be yeah. up by early summer. So, um, you know, hopefully they get him uh, straightened out. But I, I figured that was a potential option. You made a trade with uh, Tampa Bay uh, a few days ago, I think, and you got was it Pruitt? Yeah, yeah, Austin Pruitt. Yeah, is he going to be a starter? I uh, know. I think they got him down as a bullpen guy. Oh, he is a reliever. Okay, they do the opener starter thing. I can't. I just can't keep up with those guys. Um, but yeah, yeah. Supposedly he has a uh, two thousand nine hundred ninety nine spin rate per minute or something. So that's something that that's something that the Astros look for. <laughs> that's their specialty, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That curveball that. Uh, Cole was throwing last year. I, it was topping out at like upper seventies with the Pirates, yeah. and then they kind of tweaked some stuff, and he was throwing it at eighty six, eighty seven. <laughs> so you guys have that down, and I'm envious of that. But, uh, but yeah, but I think you guys are set up pretty well. You know, you got a better farm system. You're gonna have some, you know, spending flexibility, and and you know. You got Springer coming up, and you know we'll see how that goes. But the Red Sox right now yeah. are just—it's a mess. And we spent this whole year, this whole offseason, excuse me, with the goal of hopefully getting under the luxury tax to reset those penalties and improve our draft picks. We didn't draft. Our first pick was forty-third overall. The Rays had three picks before us. The Yankees had two. So we're getting killed <laughs> in that, you know, in that area. But now with possible picks being lost, I mean, this whole offseason is a big loss. I mean, whatever goal we were hoping to get. And our farm isn't great, but we do – some of our better prospects are close to major league ready, so I guess that's not a bad thing. But 
but our rotation sucks. Our bullpen is a bit of a wild card, and we don't know who the hell our manager is going to be. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping yeah. it's just going to be Ron Renicky. You know, I mean, he had a good track record with the Brewers 2011, got them to the uh, NLCS, but he had Sabathia and Grinky that year. So, you know, he had some uh, starting pitching, but I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, our, our year is looking pretty messy and you guys are going to have Oakland to contend with, you know, I mean, you got to consider them as probably a 90 win team. I'm not a believer in Anaheim, are you? No, they they don't have any pitching. Yeah, I mean, even they're, if they, they're going to score a lot of runs, but they got a good deep offense, but they don't have they didn't they didn't sign any pitchers. Yeah, well, they got Bundy from uh, Baltimore, but yeah, yeah, I know. And even if they get Mike <laughs> Clevenger, that's not a game changer for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, they need I just. More I'm sorry. Yeah, they need more than Mike Clevenger. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know what their bullpen looks like, but I can't imagine it's too deep. Um, yeah, so I just think – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if you look at their uh, depth chart, they have Otani as their number one pitcher. Okay. And then I think I think Heaney maybe, and then Bundy's one of the top five. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if they have any kind of bullpen, but they're going to be good offensively. Yeah, I just can't. Even with Joe Madden, I just can't really see it happening. That's a terrible organization. Um, you know, just makes a lot of dumb decisions. And, and Otani is going to be on an innings limit, I would think. You know, coming off of Tommy John, so I don't think they'll yeah. uh, they'll mess with him. You know, much more than a hundred, hundred and twenty innings or so. Um, yeah, so I just think you guys are much better, uh, set up than, than we are, but I guess going forward, I mean, who do you hope to be the manager of the team in place of, of, uh, Hinch? I have no idea. I don't know who's out there. I don't know. I heard I have no idea. Joe Espada could be a potential candidate. Is he currently your bench coach or no? Yeah. He is, yeah. I believe so, yeah. 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 And he was a finalist with some other jobs. I know the Cubs were one of them. I think he was considered for the Padres. He wasn't one of the final two with them. But, yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe even the Giants before Kapler got hired there. Um, so, I mean, at least, you know, he's – caught the attention of uh, some other clubs, but um, maybe they can pull uh, Bruce Bochy out of retirement. That would be interesting. Would that, <laughs> would you like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he'd let all that stuff go on. No. See, the thing about Hinch that bothers me is that I had a lot of respect for him and he's allowing all that, stuff going on but i don't know if you read it where he destroyed a couple of tvs when they were doing it he went back and smashed the monitors or whatever but i don't understand why he couldn't control his team and they said the player said that if hinch told us to stop we would have stopped but i think i would think bang, uh, uh thrashing the tvs with the baseball bat would be him telling them to stop but it just doesn't i don't know i just 
that's why I said Luno. I'd rather have Luno instead of Hinch. Because if Hinch can't even control his own players, and you know, maybe you get someone like Bochi that can do it. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, you know, I did see that part of the report where he he supposedly did smash two of the TVs. But the other thing, and I tweeted this at some point in the afternoon, when when he would speak about the cheating allegations, especially a couple of times in the playoffs because the whistling thing against the Yankees was a big topic one day and he addressed it. He was very defiant in his answers and very aggressive in his responses. And mm-hmm. I just feel like he knew. I mean, we know that he knew at this point. So I when you put the pieces together, I just it's hard harder for me to have sympathy for him as well. And while all that was going on, though, I was a big Hinch guy because, like I said, you yeah. know, throughout the playoffs, I'm rooting for him anyway, and especially against the Yankees. You know, I can't imagine. I, I got a Brewers hat on. I, I keep meaning to flip this yeah. around. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a Red Sox <laughs> podcaster. Um, I like the Brewers. The Red Sox are obviously my team, hence the junk in the background here. But, um, yeah. but. I mean, I just I liked the Astros. They're just how do you, how can you not like Justin Verlander? How can you not like Zach Greinke when when Jose Altuve crushes Aroldis Chapman? And I thought you guys were losing that game. By the way, was that that was yeah. Game Six, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there would have been a seventh game, but I thought as soon as as soon as they tied it on that I, Lemayhew home run, I'm like, oh, we're going to Game Seven. Yeah. And then and yeah. then Altuve crushes that one. I mean, I'm yeah, a, that was really exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge. I still like Altuve, you know, but it's just such a likable team, and I like Bregman too. And the odd thing is, is I like Bauer a lot. So when those guys are jawing at each other, you know, and on social media, yeah, I, you know, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully Luno leaving won't keep teams from coming. Because hopefully it's Brent Strom that's doing all the magic. Because if you look at it, like Charlie Morton, he was nothing with the Phillies, and he turned him around. They picked up people off the waiver wire, Colin McHugh, Will Harris, all these guys. I mean, they're turning people into stars there, you know? Yeah, I mean, you guys seem to, like, if you acquire acquire a number five pitcher, you turn him into a number three. If you acquire yeah. a number two or a number three, he's basically a number one by the time you guys yeah. get done with him, on most teams anyway. And so I, I think I'd be surprised if they messed with that. And that's why I, I hope for you guys that – Maybe they do go the Joe Espada route if they don't make a huge splash, you know, with a with a Bruce Bochy type guy. I don't know if they would like Ron Washington. I know he had some success, you know, across the state a little bit. Yeah, not a not a Ron Washington guy. No, no. Okay, I wouldn't be a fan of that. No. Okay, he does have some baggage off the field, you know. Does yeah. uh, does coke and you know, yeah. messes around. No, we don't his... need, we don't need that. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I just, he's a big name though. And, um, you know, I just, I don't know who else would be available. I'm pissed because I would have, I wanted Girardi the first time around. I didn't want Cora, but the, the Yankees held on to Girardi until Cora got hired. And I think they literally fired him the next day. So they hung on to Girardi mm. for about a month and then canned him. 
and you know and then this stuff happens late in the year that with this current controversy so he gets hired away to the Phillies I'm just I love Joe Girardi and uh yeah, another guy I really would have liked if they would have fired Farrell a year earlier. We could have had Lavello, and he's just he does so many great things with the Diamondbacks. You know, he just gets so much out of you know not a lot. You know, and so I listened to your episode when you were talking about him. Yeah, I'm just a big about- Lavello guy. Yeah, yeah, and they could have instead of hiring. Uh, Dombrowski, they could have hired Mike Hazen or just promoted him. He was already in the organization. and But they went the Dombrowski route because he was the superstar name and, you know, didn't work out too no. well. We got a World Series, but like I said, that, that was a weird one. Out of the four World Series we've won, that's my least favorite by far, 2018. <laughs> I just... I just... There's so many people on the team I didn't like. David Price, you know, particularly, but... Yeah, so well, now, now you may have another reason for it to not be your favorite. <laughs> yeah, Alex Cora, absolutely. I did find <laughs> a little bit of relief in the in that report from last week where they weren't able to do it in the playoffs. So that that kind of you know kind of dropped it from a felony to a misdemeanor. I feel like, yeah. but but taking the whole thing into context, what he had already done previously. And then we had the Apple Watch thing anyway. And mm-hmm. in 2017, I mean, we still have a lot of guys from that season, the Apple Watch season. You know, Ben yeah. and um, you know, Sale, all, all those guys. So, you know, so it's I, like I said, you know, before we came on, I'm not going to go on a tirade, you know, when the when when our punishment comes out, whether it be this week or next week or whenever. I'm just going to just quietly suck it up and and yeah. uh, watch the uh, the fallout, uh, so to speak. But um, I think we just about covered everything. Is there anything I missed or? Um, at the beginning, did you say you did? Did you say we didn't lose draft picks? You guys didn't. No. Yeah, we did. You did? Yeah, we lost first and second round draft picks in twenty and twenty one. Oh shit! I did not see that. I just saw, yeah. I saw the suspensions for you know Hinch and Luno, and I saw the fine. I didn't see the uh, the draft picks, but. So what? Which rounds were they? First and second for both the next two years. Yeah. Oof. So I'm... what I did when I found that out, I I went on uh, Wikipedia and looked up the Astros' first round picks, and like the last two we had were Seth Beer and JB Bukowskis. We traded them to Arizona for Greenkey, and if you go back and kind of pair them up. There was a uh, Forrest Whitley and Kyle Tucker pairing. There was a George Springer and Carlos Correa pairing. So you never know how bad this is going to hurt. I mean, back then we were picking first, you know, 27th and 28th or whatever. But So we might not be missing out on a huge superstar like Correa or Springer. But it's going to hurt. It's not going to be the demise of us like, the tweets I was receiving from the Yankees Twitter today. How bad were they uh, trolling you? 
It was bad. Somehow I got put in, uh, they, they recorded my tweet, made a video out of it. And so this was a, a while back. And I had tweeted out that the uh, MLB isn't going to punish the Astros for something that uh, a Yankees uh, video maker or whatever he is, John Boy, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to punish us just because he's making these videos. And so he put my tweet on that video and now they, you know, he re-released it or made another comment today. So that, that thread and that tweet kind of got like when I first turned Twitter on, I had 20, uh, whatever you call them, 20 alerts, 20 mentions or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, the way Rosenthal dropped that Red Sox report, I, I'm wondering how long he had it before he did it. And he worked on it with Evan Drellick as well, who um, was with us for a few years, 2016 through 2018, I guess. And I guess he was with you guys previous to us. We, he might have came from your market to ours. But, um, but I'm wondering how long those two were sitting on that, and then they dropped it, and... I would love it if something came out, you know, about the Yankees. And apparently they were using the video room, you know, as far back as 2015. It didn't say how from yeah. then until how recently it was. But they haven't won a World Series, so they're just not as significant as we are, you know. Yeah. So we're getting the brunt yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, up yeah. here we have the Patriots and they've gotten in trouble a number of times. So we're, we're kind of used to some scandal going on, Deflate Gate and um, Spy Gate, which was over a decade ago. But we still get chirped about that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Se secretly a Cowboys fan. I don't know how you feel about that. You're, pro <laughs> you're probably a Texans guy. I uh, no. no. I don't like the Texans. Oh, no. So who's your team? I don't really watch NFL. I grew oh, okay. up in Oklahoma, so I'm a Sooners fan. Oh, okay, yeah. My wife likes the cow. My wife likes the Cowboys, though. So we watch the Cowboys every Sunday. Okay, it is a ritual here at the house. But well, maybe, I usually root against them. Okay, uh, maybe with McCarthy, uh, things will improve a little. I think he'll stand up to Jerry Jones more than you know the previous coaches had. But uh, yeah, we'll, but we'll see about that. I'm more of a baseball guy, anyway. I mean, football helps a little bit, you know, get through the winter. But yeah, yeah, I'm also a NASCAR guy as well. <laughs> yeah, I so. can't do that. No, and you work. In, you work in a, a factory, yeah. a vehicle factory. Yeah, yeah. I was actually playing NASCAR. We build, yeah, we build trucks. Yeah, Tundras or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was playing NASCAR on the PlayStation, and I just happened to look at my phone. That's literally what I was doing <laughs> at the at the time of the uh, announcements. But but yeah, well, it sucks that you guys lost draft picks, and now that you guys have, we're definitely gonna. <laughs> I feel like so we're just you know with Alex Cora, the Red Sox don't seem to handle things like the Dombrowski firing was a little awkward. They uh, they fired him on a Sunday night game, and apparently it happened around 8 p.m., but it was kept hush-hush, and then they announced it at, like, midnight, and so kind of weird, and then they said, we're not even going to have a press conference, so everybody was kept in the dark, and, you know, that creates conspiracy theories, and so I just can't imagine, you know, what 20 different ways they're going to botch the Cora thing, and 
I'm, quite frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't resigned at this point. You know, I mean, why not? You, you know, you know, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me ask. I, I wouldn't have kind of thought that might happen here. Like, give these guys a chance to resign. Yeah. You know, not fire them 40 minutes after they get suspended. I was I was surprised. Yeah, and there was a quote that Hinch was really upset about it, I guess. I, I think Crane disclosed that to the media and said, yeah, he's pretty upset. So I don't think he necessarily expected it, at least this soon. And, yeah, so... I'm kind of surprised. I just refreshed my uh, national media feed, and uh, nothing really has been tweeted in the last uh, couple hours. Um, I think Hench has a uh, quote out now or a comment. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what it says, but yeah, he was pretty upset. Yeah, well, you know, by the time he wrote that, he seemed to be very accepting of of the the circumstances, you know, and he thanked Jim Crane and. And said he was sad that his time was over, but you know it was a classy, much classier than than Luno, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, do you think? I and we'll. I guess we'll kind of wrap it up with this. Do you think that Hinch will ever manage again, or do you think this is just too big of a of a controversy? I think Cora's done. I don't think he'll get touched. Yeah. Well, Cora. It's proved that he did it at one team, got hired at another team, and brought that uh, atmosphere to the, a new team. I think Hinch can get a second choice, a second chance. I really do. I think so as well. And the interesting thing here is somebody's going to write a book. There's a lot of money to be made. Maybe it'll be Mike Fires actually, but somebody's yeah. going to write a book that's going to tell everything. I think. I think Canseco did that. Isn't that what kicked off the um, the whole steroid? Steroids. Thing? I think he wrote yeah. a book. And I think I think Mike Fires is probably the most hated person in Houston. They hate they hate that guy. Yeah, and, and I mean uh, we're gonna we're gonna, about to take a big fall, but I don't have any ill will towards him, you know. And I see. I'm a very hard line person. Like I'm not in favor of Bonds and Clemens getting in, including David Ortiz. And I I take a lot mm. of flack for that. But I I don't want the steroid guys getting into Cooperstown. I, I typically take a very hard line against cheating. So, um, you know, so I don't I don't hold a lot against fires. But I get that there's going to be a huge faction of people from Houston that that will. And there's there's mm-hmm. a big faction of Red Sox fans right now that are in denial about what Cora's status is about to be. So um, it's just part of being a fan, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about y'all is like, okay, you did the Apple Watches, don't do it again. And Boston Red Sox pretty much went, ah, we're going to do it again. We don't care what you say. Yeah. That's after they... After he told you it's going to be bad, you do it again, and it's going to be bad. Yeah, and you still the players did it again. Yeah, I don't think ownership really knew, you know. No. So, and I, I think a lot of it was directed at ownership for them to keep, you know, keep an eye on things, keep everyone in line, and I don't think they really did. And you know, so I, I think that's a, you know, that's going to be a big downfall, but. We haven't had a mess like this in a while. 
you know. Yeah. Probably 2015 was the was the last time, and then we signed Price and thought Porcello was gonna add to that Cy Young year, but he never really did, and and uh, we got Sale, but you know we just don't have the trade capital now. We got some prospects coming up. Tanner Houck could uh, he's not he doesn't have the pedigree that Whitley uh, does, but. He could be yeah. uh, a middle of the rotation guy, anyway. But anyway, uh, I won't keep you. I know you've uh, you've done your own show now, and you've spent almost forty five minutes with me. So <laughs> um, I definitely appreciate that, and always curious to see what the other side has to say. Yeah, uh, most apart from me, I was just a relief. It was a relief. I really just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> And like you said, our farm club, our farm system is strong enough to withstand these two years without draft picks. A good young core players will will survive. I think so too. And uh, you know, I'm not really going to have any ill will, you know, towards the Astros going forward. I mean, I think justice was served and. And uh, like I said, I'm still a big fan of uh, a big Courier player. So, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks again. And I'm sure we'll be in touch. And feel free to jab me when when we get our end of it here. <laughs> in a, in a, All right. Hopefully in a day or two because I want this to be over as well. But, but yeah. Okay. Well, you'll feel better when it does. And where can people find your podcast before we go? Uh, everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Astros baseball. So I got to look it up. Yeah. The Astros baseball podcast. So just like ours, widely available. So I highly encourage. Find it anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, have a good night, Rob. And, uh, thanks for, uh, spending some time with me. All right. Appreciate you having me on, sir. Have a good night. That was Rob Fontenot of the Astros Baseball Podcast. So I was a little surprised he had the availability to come on because, you know, it was a busier day for him than it was for uh, fans of every other uh, team across the league. So I appreciate that. We will be back, I'm assuming, within the next few days to talk more specifically with our normal uh, podcast crew, uh, you know, about the development surrounding the Red Sox, Alex Cora, and whatever the side penalties will be as well, which, like we have been saying, most likely draft picks. So we'll, uh, we'll be back to discuss all of that. So everyone have a good rest of your work week, and we will be back soon. Take care.